This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Us, a show dedicated to bringing real help to real couples. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and together we are high-performance marriage coaches. We are cutting through the bullcrap and creating a movement of happy, healthy, badass couples all over the world. Let's go! Hey guys, we are back with Foovember, and today we are asking you the question. Have you been triangulated? I thought I I was going to say it. I thought that you um, were setting me up, and I was like, oh, that worked out good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what I was doing. Uh, So what on earth is triangulation? Yeah, so we've been talking about a bunch of family systems theory, um, ideas, definitions, something that we're all a part of, whether you know it or not. And in the therapy world, we have a bunch of fancy names for stuff, um, but I won't use all the fancy names. And this this show is going to have a lot of reading because I can't explain it better than like the pros, uh, Murray Bowen, who invented um, uh, Bowen Family Therapy and takes a family systems approach. So you guys buckle up. There's going to be a lot of reading, but a lot of good and rich information. So have you been triangulated? Yes, we all have. No matter what, we have been triangulated a thousand times. Um, and we're today we're going to talk about what is triangulation and what happens when you are in a triangulation role. So triangulation equals a thing that relieves stress and makes people not focus on the important thing. The triangle describes the dynamic equilibrium of a three-person system. The major influence on the activity of a triangle is anxiety. Read that again. It's in my notes, plus it's here. The major influence on the activity of a triangle is anxiety. So tell me what you think that means. That when you have anxiety, people tend to create these triangled systems. I don't know if that's the right word, Mm -hmm. but they'll make a triangle with like me, you, about a third party, Mm -hmm. right? To alleviate or, you know, in air quotes, alleviate the anxiety that we're feeling about whatever the thing is, right? Right. And then that thing... Does it get talked about or not talked about? The wait, what? The triangular thing? Nope. The, the thing. Oh, the real thing that we're struggling with. Yes. Does not get talked about because we're sort of like it's like focus. Uh, what's that called? Like you're shifting your focus on another thing. Uh, I feel like there's another word for that. It's it's a distraction. Basically. Yes, it's a distraction. <laughs> like, oh man, the boss wants me to do reports. Uh, maybe I'll check Facebook mm-hmm. for the eight hundredth time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying that's a triangle, but that is just a distraction, avoiding something that you don't want to do. Say that you and I have to have a really serious conversation about something or there's then been like some... It's triangulating why we always go to sushi instead of talk about our problems. I'm just kidding. I wish we always did that. Let's <laughs> you, fight you, more, but... You mean we wish we would talk sushi. about the problems at sushi or just go to sushi more and not talk about problems? Uh, you asked the question I shouldn't have derailed you. What was the real question that you asked? Um, well, now I don't know. Uh, sorry. Big time crickets. <laughs> Nephilim crickets. <laughs> Blurry creatures reference-ish. That's, that's funny. Okay, so I'm going to read to you guys four types of triangles, and I want you guys to identify, because uh, we've all been one of the four, like, through our lifetimes, and I want you to identify maybe which ones... Uh, you think you are now, and I want mm-hmm. to do that exercise with you, right? So this is the one, one of the reading parts, okay? So first, we have four types of triangles. Um, number one, a triangle. A stable twosome, that's two people, can be destabilized by the addition of a third person. For example, a harmonious, harmonious marriage may become conflictual after the birth of a child. The parent's ability to keep their relationship in equilibrium is undermined by the investment of time and energy the child uh, child's presence requires. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that is the introduction of something else. Uh, whereas you you once had a stable relationship, now something comes in and messes it up. Obviously, a lot of parents go through this. Uh, this is where some adjustment disorders 
can come in because things were fine. Something changed, a job, COVID, a world pandemic, something like that. Something came in and changed the equilibrium of your current system, right? So that's a triangle. And then you just have to wait 18 years until that goes away. So you're screwed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, number two. Another stable twosome can be destabilized by the removal of a third person. For example, marital disharmony may increase after a child leaves home. Once out of the home, the child is not as readily available to be triangled into the parent's problems. So this is one that we see often. Kids get older. Um, and this just isn't about like the uh, empty nest syndrome right. kind of thing where that happens to a lot of parents and people. But this one is like, oh, wait a minute. <clears throat> Our kid is turning 15 tomorrow, right? Our actual kid. Our actual kid, yeah. And oh, now he's out of the house more because he's hanging out at the park with his friends. He's going to get his driver's license soon. So now we have more time to go, wait a minute our time and space and energy isn't being occupied by that third triangle person, mm, this, this is making a stuff uh, weird here. Mm -hmm. Understand? Mm -hmm. Okay. Number three, an unstable twosome can be stabilized. Mm, maybe this is an example by a positive use of a triangle. An unstable twosome can be stabilized by the addition of a third person. For example, a conflictual marriage may become more har harmonious after the birth of a child. The parents shift the focus of their anxieties from one another to the child. That doesn't sound positive. Mm, it, at first it doesn't, right? Okay. But think about a shared experience Thinking and how shared experiences can bring us together. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like this, this happens all the time. Like, I mean, you see it in the movies, like, okay, somebody's, you know, uh, having troubles, a couple is having troubles or something. And Something happens to where they have to catch a plane and go, Oh yeah, you know, to get their kid at college or something. And then they start having really great conversations on the plane and saying, oh man, I missed this connection. In mm -hmm. fact, I think I told this story a couple of years ago on a show. There was a story in one of the, my grad books where um, uh, a couple had been married for a long time. Kids had uh, left the house and the couple, uh, they were sleeping in separate bedrooms, right? And they had a guest bedroom and they hadn't had sex in a long time because they don't they're not sleeping in the same room and they just, okay, this is how we are now, whatever. And somebody had to come in to town like a family friend or something on an emergency and needed a place to stay. So that made the couple who maybe the dad was sleeping in the guest bedroom, they made, made them sleep in the main bedroom mm -hmm. again. And then they remembered how nice it was to sleep together. They had sex, they had great conversation. So the introduction of something Mm -hmm. Like can force that. Mm -hmm. It's like a force function. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Numero four. Okay. An unstable twosome can be stabilized by the removal of a third person. So an unstable twosome, so people having conflict, can be stabilized by the removal of a third person. And I'm thinking of this in a lot of situations and a lot of uh, family issues and also people that we talk to. <laughs> For example, conflict in a twosome can be reduced if the two people avoid a third person who has been consistently taking sides on issues in the relationship, side taking foments conflict by emotionally polarizing the issues. No one knows what the word foments. I don't either, and I means. wish I did. I wish I remember what it meant Hold so on. I could sound super smart. Um, side taking foments conflict by emotionally polarizing the issues. Foments maybe delays, maybe exacerbates. I don't know. So anyway, while you look up the definition of foment, okay, instigate or stir up. Mm. So <laughs> okay. I was right. Whatever. I said exacerbate. Yeah, Woo. super smart. Anyway, uh, this this example might be like okay, say that we have a kid and that kid is older and going through a ton of trouble, trouble, just always causing stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then like that that put, pits us against each mm -hmm. other to some degree well, you shouldn't have said this or you shouldn't have saved him this time or you're being too harsh on him. Mm -hmm. So the removal of that, they go to treatment, they go away, whatever, they get their stuff together. Um, then that goes, oh, wait a minute. I don't hate you and mm -hmm. we do mm -hmm. actually see eye to eye okay. on a lot of stuff, right? So that is four. So can you say them quickly in normal vernacular, not fomenting and twosome? Twosome. It was oh, like so um, weird. Okay. Uh, like who was see. like, mm, let's see. Think. A stable marital dyad. Can no, be, oh, no, not that none of either. that. Okay, not that. So, number one so, was uh, a couple can be messed up by the addition of a third person. All hmm. right. 
a couple is fine, hunky-dory. They have a kid, great. This sucks. Every, there's barf everywhere, and I haven't slept for two years. And you're saying the relationship can get messed the up. The relationship. Okay, yeah. Yeah. second it can, one. It, it can be strained, right? Okay. A good couple can be messed up by the removal of a third person. Okay. Empty nest syndrome makes them actually look at their issues. That, the triangle, has been helping to them, helping them to avoid the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Okay, a marital diet. No, just kidding. Uh, a messed up couple can be better with the addition of a third person okay. to take the anxiety away and help them to work stuff out. Mm-hmm. Okay, a messed up couple can be made better by the removal of a third person. So the addition of a third person, the removal of a third person, the addition of a third person in a, um, destabil- a destabiliz- destabilization of the uh, addition of a third person and the destabilization of a removal of a third person. So it gets better or it gets worse. It gets better or it gets worse. So a bad couple can get better when you add someone, or a bad couple can get worse when you take somebody away. That's right. Triangulation. Triangulation. Okay. So I still have a lot to read, right? Okay. So I want to read. Now, can I read a long scenario on page 146? Is that okay? Who's going to stop you? No. (laughs) Never. You can stop me if you don't don't like it. Um. Okay, now I want you to keep in mind this is uh, a case study, which in grad we school we all know I'm better at reading. I should read it. You want to read it? No. Oh, um, uh, case studies are like actual gold. They are primo examples of real couples with real therapists, and go, whoa, that's a real world example. No funky words or anything mm-hmm. like that. Then it's like then analyzed after that. So <sighs> this is a good example, and I like it a lot. I love this stuff. In fact, okay. Here we go. Interject anytime you want. Okay. Ready? Okay. A relationship between two moderately different... You told me I could interject anytime I wanted. (laughs) With questions, not skirt. okay. Skirt! Skirt! (laughs) Nice. Okay, start over. Okay. A relationship between two moderately differentiated people provides a good good illustration of the role of triangles in symptom development. In the relationship's early stages, the two people can keep the relationship in sufficient emotional equilibrium and that anxiety is low and there's little pressure to triangle a third person. So that can be like, oh, aka honeymoon phase. I love you, I love you, stuff's good, blah, 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 right? Over time, based on stresses internal and or external to the relationship, work, family, family of origin, all this stuff. Anxiety will increase. Anxiety will increase and the two people will exert more togetherness pressure on each other. Mechanisms for binding this anxiety within the twosome, such as conflict, distance, and adapting to preserve harmony, will increasingly come into play. So you know, the, like trying to bind anxiety, like, oh, this feels weird. Let's do something. Let's go to sushi. Let's do something so we can't Leave feel this anxiety. sushi out of it. Right? In addition, when the discomfort reaches a certain level, the more uncomfortable member of the twosome will involve a third person in the tension. Mm. Let me read that again. In addition, when the... <laughs> mm. <laughs> do, do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. when, when shit gets too hard, somebody's going to go, okay, uh, let's start a project. Mm. Oh, let's, uh, I don't know, buy a car or do something, mm-hmm. right? So the emotional support this third person or thing provides for the uncomfortable one support based on emotional fusion can create more distance in the original twosome that would have been possible without a triangle. Hey, you're working too much. Um, you're gone all the time. Oh, you're spending too much time with the kids. Okay. Well, there's a function. There's a reason for that. The uncomfortable one is helped to maintain the distance. This changes the character of the original twosome and can result in the previously more comfortable member by ending up in a very uncomfortable outside position. So now, oh, you're taking a back seat to me working all the time. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you were more comfortable first. Um, he may become, or she, may become symptomatic at this point. That's when you, and I'm just using this as an example, may develop some sort of maladaptive reaction, anxiety, uh, loneliness, depression, stuff like that. Can we sum that up to make sure I'm following this? So we're saying that like some tension is happening between Mm -hmm. these peeps. Right. And someone's like, well, this tension's too weird. I hate this. I'll work more. Is that what you're saying? To to a degree. So in the early stages... In this this scenario, like you just said, the work more thing. So then, but then you go, okay, okay, the tension, the Mm -hmm. tension, I can't handle it. I'll Mm -hmm. work more. 
But then all of a sudden, because I am working more now, the, you're like, wait, what the F? The and you are developing was, symptoms. The person who was at first fine with the anxiety becomes you, not fine. So, okay, I'll give this as, as an example using just... You have anxiety or I do? You and I. So at first I do. I'm like, there's a tension. This is probably relative to what we've been talking about. There's a tension here. I'm feeling something, right? Okay, I don't know how to talk about it. Um, I will bring in something, a triangle, a person, or a thing like extra work and go, okay, I'm going to make money and just do that, right? So I'm doing that. That is working for me. That is alleviating my anxiety that I had here. So you just switched roles because before it was me having anxiety and me deciding to work more, but you just swapped that? Well, you swapped it mid-sentence because I, that was the scenario I used first, right? Okay. So... I'm working more. You're like... Because you have anxiety. Because but because I saw something in the relationship, didn't know how to talk about it, right? Okay. So I'm going to create a triangle to bind that anxiety, mm -hmm. right? And go, okay. And then I start going doing that thing mm -hmm. and that relieves the anxiety for me. You go, hey, you're gone all the time. Uh, you're acting a little different. Maybe I see some stress in you from work. Then you begin to get anxiety around mm -hmm. it, right? That I didn't have before. That you didn't have it before because you didn't see any anxiety before. So now, because I have basically taken care of my own anxiety by having an outlet, aka triangle for it, you're like, oh, wait a minute, something is up. And then you start feeling stuff. Then you say, hey, you're working too much. I don't feel seen, loved, heard, mm -hmm. understood, all that stuff. And then you may be, develop symptoms after that some sort of anxiety, if it goes long enough, depression, or other maladaptive reactions. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Continue with the saga. It is a saga. And I guarantee to you that every single family goes through this. That's why it's so interesting to me. It's relative to everyone. Okay. The emotional... Okay. So, the emotional... Okay. <laughs> sorry, our kid used to do that. Uh, the emotional process involved in symptom development are usually not as simple as just described. So it takes it's more complicated. It's more complicated, right? A number of intertwined processes processes usually contribute. The scenario may be played out as follows. Mm. The initial tension develops in a marriage, right? Oh, there's something going on. The honeymoon phase is over. Um, the wife, oriented to adapt to preserve harmony, right? So the wife is going to be like, oh, okay, what can I do to fix this? Internalizes the anxiety and becomes the uncomfortable member of the twosome. Right? So that's, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is weird. Then what? you're becoming more uncomfortable. Okay. Um, her distress eventually becomes so great. However, that... that It overrides her oh. more automatic urge to avoid conflict, and she attempts to talk to her husband about her unhappiness. Right. By the time she attempts to talk about it, she and her husband are both so upset and reactive that the discussion disintegrates. Unproductive exchanges such as these gradually incline both people to avoid bringing up unpleasant subjects. Makes people so, not want to bring unpleasant subjects up. Right. And they go, what are we arguing about? What is the deal? What is going on? Why can't we communicate? Why can't we get through this? What? I'm, I'm a sane person. You're a sane person. What's the deal? You know? So mm -hmm. that's one thing that makes it so nefarious and so frustrating. Why does it say the wife, comma, oriented to adapt to persevere harmony? What does that mean? To, oriented to, to preserve. Oh, pfft. What does it mean, oriented to adapt to preserve harmony? So this book was written in like the 70s or oh, 80s, so right? This is so saying, okay. typically, so this, like typically in my experience, women are more readily to, are, are um, the uh, ones to bring stuff quick, up. Well, to bring stuff up and also to go to therapy about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So I just the, want to make sure that I was like trying to make sense of what that said. And then I read it wrong. So, okay. Right. Next paragraph. Okay. The emotional distance in the marriage makes escalations of tensions less likely, but it does not relieve the wife's basic discomforts, right? So the emotional distance is like, well, this you kind of become ambivalent. You're like, well, okay, whatever. I'm not going to bring it up because it'll just be a fight, right? So, but that doesn't relieve the, uh, the underlying problem, mm -hmm. right? If we're just never talking about it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Where the hell was I? She begins to talk about she, her unhappiness she, to her mother. To her mother. 
Mm, okay. And when the mother responds sympathetically, the wife relies on her more and more for emotional support. Mother accepts the daughter's view that the husband is cold and unfeeling. Mother's anger at her daughter's husband supports the daughter's use of emotional distance to deal with the problem and accentuates her distancing behavior. So mom is corroborating the daughter's story and going, oh, yeah, he, why would he do that? So what is the So that's the deal? introduction of the triangle of, there? Of a triangle, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. The mother does not necessarily want to be a wedge in her daughter's marriage, even though her response may have that effect. Remember that whenever motives are assigned to the behavior of any person in a triangle, awareness of a process that transcends the motives of the individuals is lost. So when you put feelings all over a triangle, and we're going to talk about that more in the detriangulation part, um, basically progress can be very slow, if not at all. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it later. Again, there's, there's a lot of reading in this, but you guys, you guys follow me. Okay, as the daughter invests more emotional energy in the relationship with her mother, which would be natural because mom understands and supports, and increases her distance from her husband, the husband, previously calmed by a certain amount of marital distance, becomes quite reactive to what is now experienced as excessive distance. So this problem continues to grow and grow. Feeling emotionally isolated and now more distressed than his wife, switching roles, right? Because the wife went out and got a triangle. Like a bell, like a cowbell. Yeah. Ding, ding. Um, uh, feeling emotionally isolated and now more distressed than his wife, he pressures her to be more involved with him. Hey, let's go out. Why don't you do anything with me mm. anymore? I feel mm. like we're going apart, etc. Uh-oh. He, he comes across so needy and demanding, however, that it prompts his wife to distance further. So we talk about this all the time with clients, the pursuer-distancer dynamic, which, man, I'm getting mad at triangles right now because it's like... I hear this a lot with guys, and this has happened in our marriage too. He comes across so needy and demanding, however, that it prompts his wife to distance further, which when guys are needy and demanding, that is not attractive. You're not having more sex, right? But it is a real underlying need under the thing, right? So that's or why it's like so tricky. like making deeper connections relationally. What? Women, you know exactly what I'm saying. Keep on reading. What are you saying? Keep on. I'm not going to let you triangle that. With the women of that are listening. Exactly. <laughs> too late. Not too late. What? What? Tell me what you mean by that, because I think we both mean the same thing. It's like you know, the, the, no, the so guy. The guy wants like that emotional connection too. On no, a you just level. said he wanted sex. Is what you accidentally no, said, and implied. Con- and connection, because that's how a lot of guys connect. Okay. Right. Sure. You're not going to triangle. As wait. Oh, I'll triangle. To your detriment. Feeling emotionally isolated, now blah, 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 he, okay, um, unsuccessful in his attempts to restore a comfortable level of togetherness, the husband starts drinking more. Ooh, okay, mm, drinking, triangle, boom. Terrible. <laughs> a certain amount of drinking can relieve some of these relationship dilemmas and provide stability. If the drinking begins to impair the husband's functioning, however, it can seriously threaten the wife because of her emotional and financial dependence on him. 1979, here we come. Based on an actual or feared impairment in his functioning, the wife becomes increasingly anxious, right? That need for safety, okay, I can't trust you, I don't feel safe around you, boom, then you're continuing to grow further apart. an updated version of this book? I don't know. Um, The wife's anxiety about her husband's symptoms directs more of her energy back into the marital relationship, but it is a different type of focus that existed prior to the increase in marital distance and the symptom development. It is now a symptom focused. It is now a symptom focused togetherness with the underlying relationship dilemmas largely obscured. I have to think about that one for a minute. Um, what does that mean? A symptom focused uh, togetherness. Oh, right. So they both agree, like his okay, drinking. his drinking, her distance. Mm-hmm. Right. So both symptoms of the triangle, not not feeling connected in the first place. You go seek it elsewhere. Now it's kind of like full circle, circle triangle kind of thing <laughs> going on, and you're like, oh, okay. This this is making sense. Well, no, it sounds like what they're saying is now they're focused on his drinking and her being cold when it started in a totally different place. Exact. And so it's right. symptom-focused togetherness. Yes. And say, you know, this just does that happen in like two weeks, right? Yes, it yeah. happens in like two years or 10 years. Um, uh, the husband reacts to his wife's... Wait, 
I think you skipped something. Oh, whoops. Um, Symptom-focused togetherness. Symptom, okay. With the it, underlying relationship dilemmas largely obscure, obscure. Right, right. So they're still not getting to the mm-hmm. point of why the triangles right. were introduced in the first place, right? To relieve the then anxiety. Then the husband reacts to Then the wife. husband reacts to his wife's anxious focus on the drinking by using alcohol for emotional insulation, a behavior that intensifies the whole cycle. So, of course, if he's drinking, that's making stuff worse because he's not him, his normal self. The wife may sense that the anxiety-driven pressure she exerts on her husband to change is making the problem worse. Oh, when I say something, he's just going to get mad and drink mm-hmm. more. Um, and she may try to back off. In her continuing talks with her mother, uh-oh, here comes the mother again. However, her mother's anxieties... Maybe from her family of origin. Well, it says accentuated by having had a father who drank himself to death. Ugh, yikes. Infect the daughter, increasing her preoccupation with a with and need to do something about her husband's problem. So this whole thing morphed into like, oh, this is mild anxiety, okay? Now it is the the husband has a full-blown drinking problem. The wife doesn't know what to do, and it's all the husband's fault. And the fault. mom's involved. And the mom's involved, right? So there's anxiety all over the place because what's the whole reason the triangle exists in the first place? To relieve anxiety. That's right. To relieve anxiety. Okay. I'm almost done, you guys. If when the wife became sufficiently uncomfortable to involve a third person in the marital problem, she had encountered someone who could have remained objective and emotionally detached, a.k.a. a therapist. Yes, the hashtag counselor. Hashtag counselor. Betterhelp.com for slash us. The outcome might have been significantly different. Like early on, they could have nipped this in the bud, right? Mm-hmm. A third person who can maintain their differentiation in the face of emotionally charged communications from others does not permit the problem to be triangled and out of to be triangled out of the relationship. See what I'm saying? So it's like a therapist can be functionally the third point in the triangle, but is not anxious about it, is not tied to it at all, and will not be triangulated in it when each person is obviously trying to get them to Mm -hmm. do that. Does that make sense? They won't make it worse. They won't make it worse. Correct. Okay, where was I? Um, Let's see. The effect of having an involved but untriangled third person is to nudge each marital partner towards accepting more responsibility for the problem and attaching more importance to working it out between them. Acceptance of responsibility for one's own problem and motivation to work out that problem within the relationship where it is surfaced appear to be the ingredients necessary to override the tendency of feelings and subjectivity to govern interactions. What? Now, last paragraph. Wait, can we say that last one again? I don't even know what that means. Acceptance meant. of responsibility for one's own problem. You own your stuff. I own my stuff, right? At the root. Not saying, oh, well, I drink because you're crazy. Well, I'm anxious because you drink. It goes mm-hmm. way up upstream to that, right? So acceptance and of the, responsibility. Mm-hmm. And the motivation to work out that problem within the relationship. I own it. I want to fix it. I will do what it takes. I will show up for counseling. Mm-hmm. I will show up for coaching. I want to fix this. I'm showing up for you. I'm showing up for us. Uh, where it has surfaced to, to work it out to work out the problem within the relationship where it has surfaced appear to be the ingredients necessary to override the tendency of feelings so okay if you do those two things that is what's necessary to like override and cancel the tendency that we all have to make it the triangle completely about feelings and your subjective uh, feelings that run the whole show does that what make sense the- Tendency of feelings and subjectivity to govern interactions. What? To to run the show. Well, I, oh, I'm I anxious. So th- does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Last paragraph. Reaction of the impact of triangling and detriangling. <laughs> Did I say that right? You're trying to say triangulating Sorry, me, and like you're yeah, mixing it. I, I, it really I read the whole though. sentence wrong, actually. <laughs> Recognition of the impact of triangles and rec- awareness of triangles and their impact, and then awareness of the process of detriangulating, that's not verbatim, by the way, on relationships does not mean that people should not talk to others about their problems or that third parties such as therapists should be in favor of people staying together and working things out. So what the author is saying is like, no, you can talk to your friends, like you can talk to your ladies in a mastermind who have brains and who want to succeed, not just crazy coworkers at... Mm-hmm you know, whatever, who have been married five times and like are now on whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. they're like, wait a minute. Well, and like, I just want to point this out too, that like if you're talking about your mother or a parent or whatever, 
You're That's talking too close to, someone, to the situation. Yeah, like they have skin in the game. Like if if your marriage gets screwed up, you're moving back into their house. So you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a, well, it's a, it's like a heightened. It makes all the anxiety potentially a lot more. Well, but even even beyond that, when we haven't even talked about the idea of family loyalties within family mm-hmm. systems and stuff, which is very very strong. Who do you think your dad's loyalty lies with? Me. Duh. And the kids. Right? Forget you, Seth. Well, well, not forget me. I mean, your parents are, are good. They're really good in that respect. But, like, if I call my dad and go, I don't know, Melanie's crazy, he'd just say, move back home instantly. <laughs> well, and you go, yeah, <laughs> nah, I knew he, it the whole time. He, he wouldn't. No, no, he, he wouldn't say that. But, like, okay, when Mariner gets a girlfriend or a fiance and she's does something stupid... I mean, we're not going to be like, oh yeah, she's crazy, you know, break up with her and come back home right. instantly. I'm going to, I'm going to have a heart for my son right. first, right. right? So duh, loyalties, right? So just talking to your Doy. family about it sometimes is not the best idea because they can exacerbate the situation. Mm-hmm. They can especially, add anxiety in. Especially, yes, add anxiety. And especially if they have their own issues that they haven't worked out. And chances are every single person in the world mm-hmm. has issues that they haven't worked right. out. So... Don't talk to your mama. <laughs> Triangles describe a natural process that has multiple effects. Nothing is gained by placing a value judgment on any one effect. This is also the case with differentiation. The ability to maintain one's differentiation in relationship to a problem between two others produces a predictable outcome. The inability to maintain it produces another predictable outcome. Systems ideas describe what is, not what should be. Right, so it's just a clear, not a mm-hmm. clear, ob- objective assessment of what is. Not like, oh, well, that's messed up. He should know better. This, this, right. and this. Um, systems ideas. It systems ideas describe what is, not what should be. Differentiation describes the capacity to make a choice. It does not define the correct or best choice. So, okay, narrative over. So right. it's saying that about differentiation because it's uh, tying into the fact that differentiation is a part of detriangulating. Is that what it's trying to say? Yeah, because you're trying to remove emotion mm-hmm. from stuff, which is very hard. Depending, I mean, it's easier for you because your family of origin kind of is like that, right? It is more difficult for me because my family is like, well, say what you want. It's very Southern, very cultural stuff. Right, So it's going to be easier for some people and way more difficult than other people. But the key to detriangulation and the key to differentiation is, like it says, the ability to make a choice not based on feelings, emotions. And it's not just like, okay, Mr. Spock, robots kind of thing. It's like, hmm, okay, what is the overall good to hear? What is this? And Data was a robot, not Mr. Spock. Oh, yeah, sorry. But Spock was very analytical. He's a droid. I don't think that's right. Vulcan. Yeah. Vulcan, basically. I know nothing. Okay, so do you have any questions on that huge, crazy diatribe of crazy systems thought? No. No. I don't think so. Were you going to say another thing? Yeah, I'm going to talk about how to detriangle yourself. Well, let's talk about, before we detriangle, let's talk about how this could play out in a bunch of different scenarios. I think that mm-hmm. would be really helpful. Okay. And again... Um, I want to reiterate like the idea that if you're reaching out to somebody, so let's take the mom out of the context here and let's say it's a friend. So let's say Seth and I, or, or maybe, yeah, Seth and I are having issues and he's, he reaches out to his friend, Matt, I don't know. And he's like, Matt, oh, Melanie's such a bee. Like I'm going through all this stuff. And let's say Matt had a girlfriend that was like me or something. I don't know, like some weird example, or maybe his, in his family, someone did a thing I did. Matt's going to be more likely to agree with Seth and not give helpful uh, answers, right? He's not going to be like right. balanced. He's going to be like, yeah, she deserves to, you know, you should be able to like call her all these names because what an idiot, because he has emotional an emotional response to the thing that Seth is going through. Mm-hmm. Even though Matt's not going through it now, he has a response to it from a former think, person. Think about this. If you're out with your buddies and some guy like shoulder checks you, mm-hmm. not you, but like your, yeah. your beau, mm-hmm. your beau, your oh, bro, uh, you're going to be like, what? What's going on? And mm-hmm. then like, oh, my posse versus that posse now. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go with who I know. Right. You know, and depending on our history, depending on like how 
triggered I get, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not making um, calm, rational decisions mm -hmm. at the moment. I'm mm -hmm. like, what? You disrespected my friend. Well, I got my friends back, you know, mm -hmm. bros or whatever. Right. Kind of thing. And I think it's important to, to like know that, that, that not all people that you reach out to to talk with are going to be neutral and have, and be like, oh, they're balanced. They can see it that way. Even though it might feel like they can be just, I don't know. I think that's a, a good thing to share that mm -hmm. friends, parents, siblings sometimes really are biased, like a lot, a lot biased. And um, it's important to kind of navigate that or factor that in. Mm -hmm. um, what's another way that this could like triangulating and all like, let's talk about the kid version of it. Like when your kid is the thing that you make the triangle, mm -hmm. I think it's helpful to have examples, you know? Okay. So because uh, we talked about like marriage and work and then that kind of stuff. But what about if it's like the kid? Well, do you want to go back to one of the the examples where a, a destable couple? Uh, where where do you want to go? Well, I mean, I just want to like you say an example of what that would look like. Oh, just like so, like a couple that say, let's say a couple that actually this does happen to couples. They fight, 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 and they're in year like four of their marriage, and they're like, you know what will fix this? A kid. A kid will fix this. A, a kid will make all of this tension way easier. Oh, duh. And then they have a kid and it's not easier. In fact, it's way harder. Mm -hmm. So how does that work in the triangulating schema of things? Well, one of two ways they can go. Well, in, in one of the examples, like, oh, stuff's crazy between us. We have a kid. There's that shared experience. Our hearts get changed by the kid. And we're like, oh, we're for the kid. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can listen to you more um, objectively now, I hear what you're saying. I see this. I know how hard it is to raise a kid because I'm doing it too mm -hmm. kind of thing. So we have that shared experience. So that's a scenario where it can like bolster, bolster mm -hmm. and, and prop up, you know, like we, we are an advocate of couples having fun shared experiences, not like trauma bonding, but the, the parenting good. is trauma bonding. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, for some, yeah. I mean, if you have a really difficult pregnancy or other troubles kind of thing, um, definitely. But oh Weird. man, there's so many Hadn't stories. Thought about like that. A, uh, people, people meeting in um, rehab. Oh yeah. And stuff like that. AKA my parents, you know, and then like trauma bonding about their stories, and they're like, oh, and it's like, no. Or don't, like that rock date. climber video where the couple was like held at gunpoint. Remember that documentary? Like oh, all yeah. that terrible stuff, and then they ended up getting married, and then they were like, "This was a terrible idea. Like we only yeah. got married because we survived this horrendous, yeah, like literally horrendous thing." Yeah, and they realized that they shouldn't have gotten married, but there was like a really huge trauma that they bonded over. But yeah. that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> but so, I, <laughs> no, so I guess using the example of a childhood or a kid entering the scene and that destabilizes it, what then would it be the the ad triangles in different directions? It's like the guy starts drinking, the girl starts, yeah. you know, bitching with her besties. Yeah, I mean, it's it. You, that's a real prime example of you go. Then it's to, like a quadrilateral. Like it's not a triangle at that point. It's a trapeze, trapezoid, it's a parallelogram. Parallelogram. That's yeah. Where is that uh, in the book? Never read about parallelograms <laughs> in family systems therapy. Um, but what was I saying? You interrupted me. What was I saying? Parallelogram. No, after the, you got me sidetracked. Uh, trapezius. No, not a trapezius. Dorsey. Oh, latissimus dorsey. This one right here. Your lats. Sick. Sick. Shredded. <laughs> Look at those dorsies, bro. Anyway, what were you talking about? Triangulation, oh, parenting, shared trauma. Okay. Yeah. Then, um, oh, okay. We think having a kid will make things better. It doesn't. It makes it more difficult. And then you kind of go to what you know of like, okay, well... I know I can make money and I got to provide. So I'm just going to pour myself into work, right? Okay, well, I'm home with the kid all the time. I'm going to hang out with my girlfriends and talk to my mom, mm -hmm. right? So now, boom, triangle. Missing, completely missing. The original mark. The original mark. And then it will become a fight about, well, you're always at home with your, right. you know, talking about this and then the I man is cuss, working. I could cuss so hard right Let's now not. because like it, it, it burns my brain out as a therapist and then just, Again, no, that's old. And again, just like revisiting all this therapy stuff, it's like being in relationship is hard sometimes, especially if you come with baggage and all this other stuff. And then it's like, we don't even know what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I talk to a lot of guys and sometimes I feel this way. You have felt this way in our relationship and you talk to a lot, a lot of other ladies. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like something's not working. I think that I'm doing the right thing. Like, mm -hmm. oh, 
we have a kid. Okay, go make as much money as I can to take care of the family because now you're, you know, stay-at-home parent or something like that. Uh, that's the right thing to do, right? Yes, in a sense, it's the very right thing to do, right? That's an honorable thing. Um, or like, wait a minute, I'm talking to my girlfriends, trying to resource. I'm talking to my church group or like older ladies and all this stuff. But like, it just keeps on clashing. And it's like, you have to get a, a freaking scalpel and microscope to really be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What is this? No feelings. What is it kind of thing? And people that um, don't know anything about this stuff, it's just, it's really hard, right? Mm-hmm. And then with the stigma of like couples counseling and mental health and they stuff like that. They don't have an ice cube's chance in hell. Yeah, yeah, true. That's or in Washington true. last summer. <laughs> in August. In August, right? Um, so does that make sense for a couple mm-hmm. of scenarios? Okay, great. Now, how you de-triangle yourself, right? I'm gonna do a little bit more reading, but de-triangulating yourself is the process of like, Oh, wait a minute. I noticed the anxiety here. I noticed we've been using this poor kid as the 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 brunt mm-hmm. of it all. Let's talk about some real S between you and I. Mm-hmm. Okay? No feelings. Let's go get a therapist. Let's do this. Figure it out. Fix it. Detriangling yourself, mm-hmm. right? Okay. The process of detriangling, <laughs> such a hard word. I'm just going to say detri. <laughs> now that even sounds weirder. The process of detriangling yourself depends on recognizing the obvious and subtle ways people try to triangulate you and how you try to triangulate them. Subtle ways include words, of course, but they also nonverbal cues and body language. And these are some examples. Um, uh, It's important to see the issues as an event and not as an attitude or flaw of another person. I see his eye rolls towards his mother about me as an indicator that he has some anxiety around what I told him to do right? Um, See the act, see the behavior, see the words and the issues as a cover-up as their inability to act upon things in a differentiated way. So, oh, I see you talking to your mom bad about me or something like that. If I'm trying to detriangulate myself, I'm going to go, hey, dummy, you know, it's not helpful to like talk trash to me about your mom all the time. I'll be all emotional about it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to see that as a like, hey, that is what she is doing or he is doing subconsciously. They don't even know it. Let me see if I can approach this a different way. So I have to do my work to be differentiated mm-hmm. and, have no, and have no feelings around it. Does that well, make I sense? Mean, I wouldn't say no feeling, like just control of your feelings, maybe. Yeah, okay, yeah. I have to be, I, I don't have, I can't bring like heightened emotions into the situation. So in that scenario, what you're saying is if I'm talking bad about you and to my mom, instead of saying, you can't do that, dummy, right. you don't do that. I, I wouldn't do that. I okay. would say something. Well, it would be a series of conversations. I wouldn't say, hey. But you it know. would be like, hey, that hurts my feelings. Let's. I don't think it would. It, no, because I'm not bringing, bringing feelings into it. I'm like, hey, I've been listening to this kick-ass podcast. And I understand that when you talk to your mom about that, that serves as a function of some other anxiety. <laughs> It's gonna sound That's really gonna goofy, your right? Your partner's gonna love that. <laughs> well, you'll say it in your own, own in your own way, right? Let's maybe find a normal way. But okay, let's say how let's normal see. humans might say this. Um, oh, man, this is Not hard. Aliens. This diatribe is being That's diatribe. not the word. Di- no. Dyad. This marital dyad is being afflicted and the formating to the. Was Fo- that the word? Fomenting. Fomating. Fo- no foment. Uh, so, okay, we must take an emotionally neutral attitude about these issues, conversations, and actions. Now, let me read somebody super smarter than me um, about this. So, okay, uh, the more it is possible to be emotionally neutral about the relationship process between others, the more effective will be any detriangling maneuver, right? Say it like a human. Okay. The more you calm cannot, you can stay. The more calm you can stay. The more not give an S about it. No, that's not the same as calm. Okay, true. I'm just being emphatic. Emphasis. Keep on. The calmer you can stay. The, the calmer and like just rational you can be in any situation. Um, uh, <laughs> it makes me think. So the calmer you can be in any situation, the faster you can kind of unpop the triangle. Right? Like pop it apart. And you know what makes you think of like one of those blocks that are like the round ones with all the holes in it and you pop the sticks in them? 
And our kids always had those. Oh, oh, I don't know, but yeah. You know what I mean? Or like because even obvious, Legos. Like, pop, like. Right, but like even Legos, like think of a little kid trying to take apart a Lego, but it's going, no, I can't do it. <laughs> right, and you're just like, freaking calm down. What? Get the thing that takes the Legos apart, the little orange thing that nobody saves because they don't know what it is. And it's a take- genius little piece of machinery. Yes, it is. And like everybody so, throws it away. Right. But it's like that. So like think of a kid... If you know a kid doing anything, tying their shoes, zipping their pants, buttoning a button, or untying a knot, untying right? Like I, I about it's like, like on on Hercules. I told you, yeah, don't move, don't move. <laughs> so I was untying uh, an extension cord. It's a hundred foot extension cord. It has like eight million <laughs> knots in it, and like I was like going and doing it, and going and going, and I was like. I am going to put this underneath the lawnmower and start it and just shred this. <laughs> oh, is that the one that you cut the other day? Well, yeah, I had to because that one was, it was frayed, but yeah, it took forever. So yeah, that approach doesn't work. But I was like, hmm, I'm going to slowly do this and go and do this and then, okay, roll it up appropriately, right? And I did it, right? So, okay, one can have a very clear position relevant to what occurs in a family and in society and still be emotional, emotionally neutral, right? So you can see all the stuff that's going on in the family and be like, hmm, okay, I'm chill. I'm differentiated. I'm trying to make the best of this stuff right? Um, dogmatic positions like judgmental positions like, oh, you shouldn't do this and this and this. And you have all kinds of feelings like about grandma. it. <laughs> you shouldn't cut things like that. Yeah. Don't hold a knife that way. AKA British people. Right. <laughs> so, um, and the uh, inability to define where one stands on important issues and efforts directed at the changing others all betray the absence of emotional neutrality. That was too much of a sentence. Okay, so if, if, you're super, if you're super, super judgy and maybe you don't know yourself and you don't like have strong opinions on stuff, you just have opinions and you just throw them out there all the well, time. Maybe not strong opinions. Like you don't have like you you don't have clear opinions. You don't have clear opinions on stuff, right? Maybe. Um, and uh, and your efforts directed at changing others all betray. Okay, does not work. Um, because you have absence of emotional neutrality, right? I don't know if I get it, but keep on. Uh, Other people might. You, you just have a bunch of opinions. You don't, you're not super solid on stuff. You say what you think all the time. You're like, well, you don't help differentiate or like neutralize an, ang- an anxiety situation. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Our kid says anxiety okay. all the time. In essence, neutrality is reflected in the ability to define self without being emotionally invested in one's own viewpoint or in changing the viewpoints of others. It's like, okay, this is where I stand. You can take it or leave it in a polite, differentiated, appropriate way. Mm-hmm. And you can all and also accept others' viewpoints. Mm-hmm. You can have your own viewpoints without having to change other people's minds, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I want to go get steak. You have to go get steak too. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's no good and blah, 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 right? Okay. If a person can achieve more neutrality or detachment while in contact with the triangles that he or she is most connected to emotionally and then act on each triangle. No. Shoot. And then and act then, on, 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 on the basis of that neutrality, uh-huh. the, the tensions. The tensions between the other two members in each triangle will be reduced. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Emotional neutrality is reflected in a number of ways, two of which are especially relevant to triangles. First, the ability to see both sides of a relationship process between two others Okay, I see your viewpoint, I see your viewpoint, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, right? And second, the ability not to have one's thinking about that process clouded with notions about what should be. So that's just a reference to like going to talk to a therapist again. Does that make sense? No, or or yeah. if you and I were triangulating a kid or work or stuff, you're like, okay, let's let's untriangle this. Mm-hmm. If you weren't on board, I was like, okay, I'm going to detriangle myself from this, right? Mm-hmm then I'm going to go, I'm taking a completely rational approach to whatever anxiety, whatever's going on, and not be changed by your viewpoints because they may be anxious or maybe maladaptive this, at this point mm-hmm. to some degree. And like, okay, I'm staying the course. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Okay. Okay. And then uh, lastly, lastly, I swear, effective detriangling is contingent not only on not only on achieving a way of thinking or attitude of emotional neutrality, but also on the ability to communicate that attitude effectively. A principle for guiding one's efforts to communicate a neutral position in a triangle is to respond to someone's efforts to triangle by saying and doing things that push the other, that push that person, push that person together with the one with mm-hmm. whom he is having a problem. 
oh, Melanie, guess what? Like, I don't know why Mariner did so-and-so, and and I bet he did this to, like, mess with me. And And then I would say, let's see. Why don't you talk to him about it? Exactly. Good job. Yeah. Why why don't you go talk to him about that problem? (laughs) Just kidding. Parallelogram. D-parallelogram. There you go. So that's how you D-triangle in a quick 10-minute lesson that you're going to have to listen to this show like three times over. Um, but does, does all that make sense? It, it all like comes together like Iron Man, you know, like pulling together his his thing on a Jarvis screen, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, this comes together and this comes together and this. And if I'm emotionally detached and differentiated, this will work this way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it doesn't matter what she does or he does or doesn't do. I will be differentiated either way, right? Which mm-hmm. is a really good place to be. Mm-hmm. And we can all strive there, me included, to do better on that. It's so hard. I think you're saying again, which I know you it said in the book a little bit, but like at the core of being detriangulated and creating a healthy sort of balance of two people, mm-hmm. you have to be able to be differentiated, meaning have your own thoughts and opinions about stuff, not be super like crazy heated, like my happiness isn't based on your happiness. Mm-hmm. Like you can act in a way and it doesn't always have to make me terrible or happy or whatever, right? I'm mm-hmm. balanced, you're balanced. And then we are able to look at the core of our issues um, sort of like soundly and calmly, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I don't know, I just want to like really reiterate that, that you can't have detriangulation without differentiation, right? And differentiation requires mastering your emotions, Right, like being able to within within the triangle and the people involved in it. Well, I mean, at the core, it has to have that, right? Right. So if you don't have, if you have no um, control over your emotions currently, you will not detriangulate well. No, because you're probably not differentiated. Yes, and you have stuff to work out. Right. It's almost like you're not even aware, like the the process of differentiation being able to be reflective, being able to be balanced and all of those things mm-hmm. is a pathway to help tri- detriangulation. Is that right? I mean, I'm, it, I, I want to, I don't it, want people to be like, yeah, well, I'm going to detriangulate right now, idiot. Well, <laughs> like that's well, not no, going to work. Because that, even, even that sentence, if you say that, that's like, oh, wait a minute. That goes against the last sentence that I have written here. We must take an emotionally neutral attitude about these mm-hmm. issues, conversations, and actions. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that. Right. Uh, yeah. So you can't detriangulate unless you are differentiated to a degree yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because Murray Bowen, like in some of his later writings, he had a, a kind of a crazy family as well, um, not unlike a lot of us. And it was one of his real soul missions was like all his writings, just zillions of books, all his theoretical stuff that he did. It was one of his missions to become completely differentiated within his family. Mm. And it's a pretty crazy story. Um, it's just interesting. So it is possible. Of course, I don't, I mean, it, it's like, it's like, like um, attaining Nirvana or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, it it's sounds just a like, lot like it's way up there. It's mm-hmm. always a goal to strive, you know, Always, always getting better. Always be hustling towards it. Always be going. Which I think is so interesting. It's like even in our own relationship, the more differentiated I have become, because that's not something in your family of origin, the more the like almost felt like it's destabilized you at some point when you didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's a, I don't know. I think it's interesting because I've noticed that even in our, just our different family of origins, like as you kind of become your own person, especially if you're listening to podcasts like this and you're growing in your own like personal journey and you're like, oh, I'm not going to let what Aunt Doris said set me off and I'm not going to call her an idiot this year like I did last year. Mm-hmm. And then when you start actually showing up healthy and differentiated, right. their Aunt Doris is like, oh, you think you're better than me? <laughs> like, well, it's the tall poppy syndrome, mm-hmm. right? And we talk about this like with clients and stuff and... So you guys don't hear this and go, yeah, you're doing this uh, and whatever. It's like, we've gone through it, right? It's like, I mean, I can think of several examples where, okay, you're learning a bunch of stuff. You're this, this, and this. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then the anxiety that is unresolved within us, that kicks in in me. I'm like, what's okay? And then I may not know, I may not know how to say that you know, effectively, because I'm too emotionally tied up in it. Mm -hmm. And then it just comes out as arguing, right? Mm -hmm. And vice versa, like, 
way back when, when, well, I don't know. Like, I have an example. You want to say the example? I don't know. So, like, when, when we were going through really, really hard times, right? Like, you were struggling with a lot of stuff. And, like, it's, it's basically referring when I prayed all the time. You know, I was like, I have no emotions of this. Anything I do doesn't work. So, I'm just going to pray because that's the only thing I know to do. Like, no emotions around it. Well, I mean, there were emotions around it. I'm not saying that. But then, like, okay, it got harder. So it, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better, mm-hmm. right? It's like um, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy with kids. It's like, okay, the process of extinction, you know? Oh, they're going to cry and the scream like crazy. Burst, yeah, it gets harder. You know? Yeah, the extinction burst, exactly, mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. So this is... Well, yeah, sort of that's not kind of, that's kind of not what I was saying, but kind of okay. what I was saying. I'm saying like, as you do these processes in your life, not everyone's going to love it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to think it's cool. So sometimes... If you have a very unhealthy family of origin and you show up healthy, you may get shat on and be ready for that. Don't be ready with like, well, I will shat back. Don't shat back. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. (laughs) Um, Don't do that. That's not what we're talking about. But I just want people to be aware because this is something. Then you're throwing shat everywhere. (laughs) Then you're William Shatner. Uh, I just don't want that to be, I want it to be in your minds that that does happen. Like you Mm -hmm. make these great steps to growth. You listen to these podcasts, you take notes, you talk to your spouse, you like the two of you are, you're like, God, this is amazing. Like we're doing this thing. And then your in-laws or your friends or your church family or whoever doesn't care and is actually mean to you about your growth. I just, again, that can happen sometimes. Um, it's a part of the growth process is it's really hard. And I'm just literally wanting to bring it up because we've heard so many clients bring it up in our coaching sessions, mm-hmm. um, that I think it's really important to communicate, especially as the seasons are upon us, mm. people are going out and doing things with family. You want to show up in a differentiated detriangulated state. And all of a sudden everyone's chat hits the fan and you're like, what all of the, <laughs> meteor (laughs) all of a sudden everything feels like well that didn't work it's Mm -hmm. not that it didn't work it just takes a long time for it to work itself out um you would know if it wasn't working if people weren't reacting to it yeah if you were staying in the homeostasis well no if if people weren't going what the f who who does she think she is made you king you know what i'm saying it's like oh wait a minute if i haven't worked out in two years and go to the gym or run a mile or something i should be a little bit sore after that right otherwise you know, this I'm, I'm just like is pansy, like list, lifting, you know, 2.5 pounds. Thinking <laughs> like I did something. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That I'm doing it wrong. I'm not providing enough resistance to, to, to test my body. So actually that is an indicator of you're doing something right. Right. Yeah. You know, that that's a, you're creating discomfort, not on purpose, but it's a byproduct. So make um, your family very no, upset. No, 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 no. <laughs> and don't you do know that. that it's working. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do that. So no. I hope that this was a helpful episode. I know it was kind of heady and a lot of stuff. If you need to listen to it over again, please do. Um, but I think this is one of the best ways that we can explain the process of triangulation, the process of detriangulation, mm-hmm. and how just become becoming more familiar with mm-hmm. it because we're all in them. We all have anxieties about something mm-hmm. and they manifest themselves. And I really hope that this goes, oh, wait a minute. That thing that we're fighting about actually started right. six years ago. It's not really and the I'm thing. Not, yeah, it's not right. really the thing. And I'm not like bringing up something stupid that mm-hmm. I'm not over. It's right. like, no, that's really where I was like, wait a minute. It's the root cause. Something's yeah. off here. Mm-hmm. And we've never been able to articulate like, it in this way. It'd be like fighting about weeds, you know, like dandelions. And mm-hmm. you know that like it'd be cutting them off at the leaves. They'd come back. Like they come back every time. You have to get that long pointy looks like a turnip root. Yeah, the Right? Root. And if you don't, Things it will never long. ever go away. Um, it makes me think of that. Like don't fight about the dandelion leaves. Get out your hoe and <laughs> dig all the way down to the root. Okay. So yeah, we hope this is helpful. If you have any questions, you're like, okay, I'm just confused more. Email us at hello at anatomybus.com and uh, most likely I will read it and answer it. No, of course I will. <laughs> email us if you have questions. Hello at anatomybus.com. I hope it's been helpful. Good job. Thank you for going on this triangulation, detriangulation journey Same. with me and putting up with a bunch of reading. So, all right, right, guys. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Anatomy of Us. This podcast is produced by my mom, Melanie Studley, and hosted by my dad, Seth Studley. Our show is edited and published by our producer, Reba Hansen, from Creative Media Support. 
Special thanks to our Patreon members that get an extra episode every week. Thanks for watching. Love you. Bye.